Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Guess what I'm going to talk about today? I know you are going to talk about one of my favorite monsters. Yes, that's right. The Mothman. Here he comes, the Mothman. (laughs) I thought I knew a lot about the Mothman, but I actually learned quite a few things about him during my research that I did not know. Okay. So it was kind of fun. I One thing I did is I watched a documentary called The Mothman of Point Pleasant on Amazon, which is pretty good, and I highly recommend it. So I'll put a link to it in our show notes. Cool. And I definitely learned a lot of stuff about him, like I said, that I didn't know before. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar with the Mothman story, I'm going to preface my story with a brief description of the Mothman. The Mothman is considered to be about six foot to eight foot tall bird man. He has glowing red eyes, gray skin. He has a wingspan that runs about 6 to 12 feet. He can fly without effort. And he's got the head of a man. And though he has never actually hurt anybody, a lot of weird things happen when he comes to your town. Right. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of, when you said Birdman, it reminds me of that movie where the guy goes, Birdman. Do you remember that movie? Is it the Birdman movie? Oh, is that what it's called? The Birdman I, is movie? Is it got Michael Keaton in it? That's who it is. I've never Michael seen Keaton. it, but I knew there was a movie he was in called Birdman. Yeah, yeah. and there's a movie called Birdman. So when you said he's also known as Birdman, that image just flashed in my mind that's in the funny. song. Yeah, that's funny because Michael Keaton was also Batman. I know. So he's Birdman and he's Batman. He really just is channeling the birds. He really is. And we may find out he's actually Mothman, too. He probably is. In fact, they should redo a Mothman movie and cast him as the lead. I know. He would be a perfect fit. He would be good at that. Okay. The majority of noted sightings of the Mothman took place in Point Pleasant, West Virginia from 1966 to 1967. However, as it turns out, the Mothman, or something that looked very much like him, was sighted in Point Pleasant area as early as 1913. Ooh. Yeah, way, way, way back. There's a book called Haunted Valley and More Folktales of Appalachia by Professor James Gay Jones that tells of sightings going back as far as 1914 of a large bird with dark red feathers, the head of a man that has a 12-foot wingspan showing up in that area. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that is new news. Yeah, that is new news, right? Um, These sightings lasted until at least the 1940s by people driving along the Ohio River. It is believed that these sightings of the Birdman were a forewarning of tragic events that would soon occur. And tragic events did occur, Carol, because the Ohio River had a nasty habit of flooding not once, not twice, not three times, but four times from 1913 to 1937, causing tremendous destruction, death, and devastation to the area. Is that right? That's true, yeah. So people started to associate the terrible flooding with sightings of the Mothman. In the 1940s, an area just outside of Point Pleasant, about eight miles away, was purchased by the government. They had a large munitions factory built there to support the war effort during World War II. 
When the war ended in 1945, the munitions plant was deserted and left abandoned. Unfortunately, there were explosives, deadly chemicals, and other toxic waste left in the plant, and it is believed that it seeped out into the land surrounding the plant. Eventually, the area was turned into a wildlife reserve called the McClintic Wildlife Management Area. However, the locals call the area... TNT, which is oh, a great name. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Let's go to TNT. Dynamite. <laughs> and we need some hard rock music yeah, right here. Yeah, we do. Here. Yeah, we do. It's going to be great. <laughs> so that is the setup of the scene for this area that I'm going to be talking about for the rest of this story because it's all very significant. So if you thought that was really boring, my apologies. Now we're going to get into the good stuff. No, a little history lesson is always good. There's a little historical foundation. Okay. So. <laughs> First sighting of the Mothman in the 1960s takes place on November 1st, 1966, when a National Guardsman, who's actually hanging out in the McClintic Wildlife Management Area, or TNT, looks up into a tree and he sees a half-man, half-bird figure sitting in the tree watching him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, that's kind of weird. So he makes a report about it. Then, flash forward a couple more weeks to November 11th, 1966, And in Clendenin, West Virginia, I hope I'm saying that correctly, about an hour away from Point Pleasant, four men were digging a grave around dusk when they see a big giant bird man fly over them and kind of swoop down on top of them. That's eerie that they were digging a grave when they see this creature. Foreshadowing. Yes, that's exactly. (laughs) Death is arriving. Yeah, it's weird. So they see it too, and they also report it. Then the big sighting happens, and this is what gets everyone freaked out. So on November 15th, 1966, two couples, Steve and Mary Mallett and Roger and Linda Scarberry, are out one night riding around in Roger's 57 Chevy Bel Air, which is a pretty sweet car. If I do say so myself, here's a picture of it. Ooh. Yeah, right? That's a car you get some action in. Absolutely. So obviously Roger was one cool cat if he's going to drive a car like that. You guys, check it out. It's a 57 Chevy Bel Air, and it's pretty fucking sweet. So they're driving around the TNT area, and as they're driving, they and the TNT area, again, is out kind of in a rural area. So they're driving down this road, and they look up ahead, and they see a man standing in the road. And as they get closer to him, they see he's really tall, and he's gray. And they're like, well, that's weird. So they get closer to him. So wait, wait. Was this in the day? Daylight? I believe it was at night. <clears throat> and the headlights oh, were so the headlights, him. and so he looked grayish. He looked gray. Okay. But as they get closer to him, they can see that he has wings on his back, giant wings attached Ugh. to his back. And they're like, what the fuck? Maybe they didn't use the F word. Yeah. That, that's like, my contribution. It's not Halloween. What is this guy doing? <laughs> my contribution is that they're swearing up a storm. But this is the 1960s. They're probably good Christian people. I don't yes. want to be saying that. But that's, mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to tell the story. So they get closer to him. And he turns and he starts. There's a power plant over to the left. And he starts to run towards the power plant. But they said he didn't really run as much as he hobbled quickly towards the power plant. Oh, So they see this weird gray tall man with wings run hobbling (laughs) towards the power plant. I'm imagining like a chicken hopping. Right. Like just a weird like 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 his knees don't work or something like it's just a weird sight. (laughs) And the four of them are like, 
what the hell is that thing? Let's get the fuck out of here. Or you know what? Golly Josh, gee whiz, let's go. Hey, Beave. Hey, Beave. That isn't Wally. That's not Wally, (laughs) Beave. Let's go. Let's get out of here. So they hightail it out of those rural back roads of the TNT area. And they hit the main drag. And they're on the main drag heading back to Point Pleasant. And as they're driving along, they pass a billboard. And they look over to the billboard, and there's the creature. Now, I don't know that it's actually on top of the billboard or at the foot of the billboard, but they see it. And they're like, holy shit, there it is. So upon seeing it and it sees them, it flies straight up into the air. doesn't flap its wings. It just straight up into the air. Like a rocket. Like a rocket. No wing flap, just boom, up. And they're like, what is going on? The next thing they know is it's flying over the top of their car. (gasps) And it's chasing them, and they are freaked out. Oh, yeah. I would so, be screaming. Freaking out. So they put the pedal to the metal, and they start going as fast as they can, and they're going up to the speeds of like 90, 95 miles an hour, and this thing is keeping pace with them, no problem. Yeah. This bird man is like, you think you got a hot car? Yeah. Watch I how can, fast I can I go. I can outrun you any day. And perhaps that's what the attraction was. Maybe he just wanted to see the car. Maybe he just wanted to race it. Maybe he did. He's like, that's a hot car. Right. Yeah. I would too if I had the ability to do that. (laughs) So anyway, they get chased by this thing all the way to Point Pleasant. And when they get to town, he apparently disappears. They get to the police station and they run in and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You won't believe what just happened to us. And they explain to the police the being chased by this creature. And the cops are like... This is like the third report we've gotten about this thing out there flying around that looks like this. So they believe the kids because they're like, yeah, that sounds like what we've been hearing is going on out there. So the report of this starts leaking all over town. Because the small towns, you know, the gossip just goes like that. Like crazy. So everybody in the town is panicked. And all the men are like, we're going to go get that thing. They grab their guns and they go on hunting up to TNT looking for the Mothman. Now, so many people were going up there that the National Guard had to be called in to monitor the situation and to make sure people weren't going crazy up there and accidentally killing each other. But they had to manage it because there were so many hunters going to TNT to look for the Mothman. Yeah, because, you know, you'd want to be the stud who captures this creature to yeah. save the town. Yeah, for sure. you absolutely do want to pound your chest like King Kong. Like, look what I caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that starts off this whole crazy Mothman uh, fear hysteria. Factor. Hysteria. Thank you. It's a perfect word for it. So the night after the Scarberry and Mallet sighting, there's another sighting. A woman named Marcella Bennett and her brother Raymond Wamsley and his wife Kathy decide to drive to the TNT area to visit Raymond and Marcella's other sister. We'll call her Jenny. I don't know her name. Anyway, they're going to go see Jenny. And for some reason, they had, I guess, heard the story of the Mothman or thought it was a good idea to go to TNT. Whatever their reasons, they were like, let's just get in the car. They're like, nothing's going to stop us from visiting Jenny. Jenny has got fried chicken on the table. (laughs) We're going to be there. We're not missing that dinner. And so they all get into the car and they drive themselves on over to TNT to visit their sister. So they go in, they have dinner. Marcella's got her three-year-old daughter with her. We'll call her um, Cindy Lou Who. So she's got Cindy Lou Who. 
They're having dinner with Jenny. Everyone's having a great time. So it's getting darker and later, and they've decided, okay, we've had enough time with Jenny. Let's go ahead and head back home. So they leave the house, and they're walking out towards the car when Raymond goes, Marcella, look in the sky. That looks like a UFO. And Marcella was like, oh, fuck off. You know, you've had too much to drink. There's no UFO in the sky. <laughs> Whatever, dude. So she gets all the way to the car, and then she sees something, and she looks up, and right above her, she sees a tall gray winged creature staring down at her that's him that's him and she's just like oh my god what the hell is that so and i picture all of this happening in slow motion she picks up cindy lou who she clutches her to her chest she turns to run and she promptly falls flat on her face. Oh. And she's just lying there in a daze and she can hear her little daughter crying underneath her and she can hear her brother screaming, Run! <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, oh my God. So she finally gets her wits about her. She stands up, she grabs the daughter and she runs as fast as she can back to the house. And the second she gets inside, the door slams behind her and that Mothman creature is right there <gasps> trying to open the door and get inside. How terrifying. She's totally freaked out. But luckily, they all made it back inside the house and they are just sitting there like their hearts panning a thousand miles a minute. He's trying to open the door. Boom, boom, boom. Josh, throw some sound effects in there. That he cannot get through the door. So finally, eventually, he gives up and he goes away. And it leaves Marcella with a story of a lifetime. She's, oh, yeah. And all these witnesses. All these witnesses. She was interviewed in this documentary. She's like, to this day, I do not know what it was I saw. But I don't think it was of this earth. And she's she just can't even explain what it was. So this Birdman is very aggressive. Yes. In some instances, he is very aggressive. Yes, that's true. As sightings of the creature increased, people start spotting the winged birdman on top of people's roofs, hanging out just on top of people's roofs. At the time of the sightings, the 1960s Batman TV series was a really big hit on television. Mm -hmm. So many of the residents used Batman as a visual reference for what this thing looked like. They said he looks like Batman, but more like a moth. Okay. So they named him Mothman. I was going to ask you, when did it change from Birdman to Mothman and why? And that's, thank you for answering that's that. That's why. Yeah. You know, and I, I think Birdman must be related to pigeons because I know pigeons love to just hang out on roofs. Yeah. They're terrible to get rid of, by yeah. the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give them a little note to deliver <sighs> to someone else and let them hang out at their, that person's house. Yeah. They, they are getting smarter and smarter. They just, <laughs> those fake owls, doesn't are they, fake them out. Are they at your house? They were. So that's why they named him the Mothman is because he looked like Batman, but like a moth version of Batman. Uh, those sightings of him were thick all over the area. It is believed that the Mothman's moth cave, if you will, or real home was the abandoned North Power Plant in the TNT area. So that makes sense because mm -hmm. that was where he was first spotted. Yes. So another witness, a guy named Bob Bosworth, said he was out one night riding his motorcycle with a buddy of his through the TNT area. And he said as they were riding their motorcycles, they decided to turn off their their headlights because the moon was full and it was lighting their way. And they thought it would be cool to just ride by moonlight, which is kind of cool. Ghost rider. Ghost riders in the sky. So they're riding out there and they come to the power plant and they see 
see that there is a figure up on the roof of the power plant, kind of crouched down on the power plant roof watching them as they're riding along. So they decide to park their motorcycles and go in and check it out. They got off the bikes and they started walking towards the building and they said it watched them the whole time and they entered into the building and it came into the building and they said, yeah, they said that they were trying to get a better look at it, but it was kind of staying in the shadows, but they could tell that it had large wings folded against its back and a head that sat directly on its shoulders. So without a neck. Right. Yeah. And they could hear the crunch of the glass underneath its feet as it walked around. Ew. And I know, isn't that creepy and a great like way to illustrate the story? It's super scary. Mm-hmm. So they said as they try to get closer to it, it would turn and walk away from them towards the catwalks. And after a while, they heard the sound of its wings. I'm assuming unfurling and flying. I'm not sure. But they said it left them alone and then they left. Interesting. Isn't that cool? in other cases... It it's would have super had no, aggressive. Yeah. They have no issue swinging down. So maybe these bikers were badass dudes. Um, they also were not in a moving vehicle because they stopped their motorcycles and they got off. Whereas the other one was there in a car. And I have another story coming up about people in a car. Actually, lots of stories about people in cars. So perhaps it's about being in a car. And this is the next story um, I have. Actually, pretty much all of these stories about people in cars that will hopefully illustrate that theory. Calling all true crime fans, murderinos, crime junkies, and wine coven members. Have you listened to Murder in the Rain yet? Murder in the Rain is a podcast based in the Pacific Northwest, focusing on the local cases that make us the notorious home of the true crime you love. I'm your host, Alicia Holland. And I'm your host, Emily Rowney. And in each episode, we will cover a case to bring you all the details of the crime. We often feature interviews with people close to the cases, including authors, victims, doctors, and detectives. Most content is dark and not suitable for young or sensitive listeners. But we do try to lighten the mood by giving you a blooper reel at the end of every episode. Trust me, you'll love it. Check us out today. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe, follow on social media, tell a friend, and leave a review. Go to MurderInTheRain.com for additional content on each case, book reviews, discount codes, and an interactive map with the location of each crime. A couple of volunteer firemen also saw the Mothman when they were in the TNT area. And ironically, they were there because they helped volunteer to control the crowds of hunters who were in the area to find Mothman. This sounds like a Bigfoot hunting uh, setup of what might happen in the future. It sounds like the Mothman has a bounty on his head for $2.125 million and everybody is out there trying to get their money. That that sounds like a much better way of (laughs) saying it. Yeah. Yeah. These firemen see him fly over their car and they get out looking for him. They can't find him. Another guy named Thomas Urey said that he was driving his car down the road when he saw it. And he said he thought it was a helicopter at first because it was so big. But as he got closer to it, about 75 feet away, he could tell it had about a 10 foot wide wingspan at least. He said he felt they exchanged a mutual curiosity And then the creature did not seem like it was scared. It just seemed apprehensive. 
So, Interesting. Yeah. Um, another encounter is of a woman who also was driving in her car who ran into the Mothman as he was like flying around and she said she was transfixed by his glowing red eyes. Now, the thing about her story is that she actually contracted conjunctivitis, which is redness, itching, and general irritation of the eyes, as well as several other witnesses that said that they also saw the Mothman. They also got conjunctivitis. Whoa. Isn't that weird? So super powers coming through yeah. his eyes. So it's like he's emitting some kind of some radiation. kind of radiation of some kind. Yeah. And so Mary Mallet, who was one of the uh, people in the couples that um, were in the Chevy that saw him and that, you know, where mm-hmm. he chased them, she said she saw him for a second time. And when she saw him a second time, she said that she heard a loud metallic noise and then her ear began to bleed. So it damaged her hearing or it damaged her ear somehow. So he's able to kind of, um, I'm not sure if it's intentional, but he's able to inflict harm or physical harm on people without touching them. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. So here comes another story. Um, it's an interesting story this woman tells. Um, she was interviewed on a, in a couple different places. And so her story is pretty good. Her name is Faye DeWitt Laporte. And I think when she was a teenager, she was in a car, her brother, older brother was driving, and then her younger siblings were in the back seat. And they were driving through the TNT area. And as they were driving through, her brother said, oh my God, look outside your window, it's right outside the car. And she looks over and there it is. And it's also keeping pace with the car, right outside her passenger side window. And she said at this point, she couldn't tell if it was flying or running. Because oh. she didn't see any wings. She just saw it like like keeping pace with the car. So she's saying to her brother, go faster, go faster. So he's going as fast as he can. And the creature is keeping pace. No problem, no problem. So finally they see up ahead that the road is going to turn to the left. And they're like, okay, her brother's like, if I can just make that turn, he'll go straight and we'll turn and we'll lose him. And that mm-hmm. was the plan, right? Mm-hmm. So they get up to the turn and they make a left. And guess what? Mothman corners that bitch just as well as they wow. did. And they're like, nope, he's still there. And they're like, what are we going to do? So eventually they end up at a factory. Maybe it was the power plant, but they end up at a building somewhere on the property of TNT. And her brother stops the car and he's like, I don't know what to do. So they stop the car and Mothman gets up on the hood. <gasps> no. And just sits there and watches them. So, so this so- woman, Faye DeWitt Laporte is saying, oh my God, we were all freaking out. My siblings in the backseat were crying, saying they were going to die. She's like, I told them to get down. My brother and I didn't know what we were going to do. And it just sat there and stared at us. That is super, absolutely... So creepy. Awful. I know. I know. So creepy. And so she's like, so we just sat there because what are we supposed to do? So they had a really close-up view. They had, I think, of all the stories I've heard, probably the most close-up encounter with the Mothman, for sure. So she said after a while, Mothman jumped off the car... And he went over to the building and he jumped up onto the roof. Now, she said, I still at this point didn't see any wings on him. So I don't know if it was dark or what was going on. But she said he jumps up on the roof of the building. And then her brother, for some reason, gets out of the car. No. Yes. Stupid. Yes. And he starts picking up. There's pieces of coal 
lying around because it's you know West Virginia. Oh. So he picks up these chunks of coal and he starts hurtling them at the Mothman like an idiot. What an idiot! Yes. So he's chucking pieces of coal at the Mothman, and I'm sure she's sitting there going, "Get back in the car! What are you doing?" This uh, Fay lady said, "Must have one of the pieces must have gotten too close to the Mothman because, and this is her quote, and I love it." Faye said the creature, quote, stood up and opens up the prettiest set of wings you ever did see on anything. Big wings, big enough to carry you or me or anybody else. They were at least six feet. He didn't flap them like a bird would real fast to hurry up and get flying. He just spread them out and flew away. Beautiful. That I sounds love that. just like Batman. It does. Well, she at that point didn't even know if it had wings yet until that moment when it just spread open its wings and took off. And she said it was amazing. Don't you think this is coincidental that like this movie comes out about Batman with these beautiful, graceful wings? He hides in the shadows, you know, just like Mothman, just like Mothman at the same time. Like yeah. it's. But there's too many sightings, so you know it's yeah. not just one yeah. person's hysteria. It's there's a lot of sightings. Um, the town, of course, is so upset and over the top about all of these sightings that they actually called a biologist professor from West Virginia University. He told everyone that it was just a large sandhill crane as it migrates through the area anyway. A theory was developed that one of these cranes drank some of the tainted toxic wastewater at the TNT site, and it caused it to mutate into a large, strange bird. Of course, many of the actual eyewitnesses say there was nothing mutated about it. No. <laughs> They're like, no, this is not a mutation. Nice try. Try again. Not long after all of these sightings started, a man named John Keel came to Point Pleasant to explore the phenomenon. He was a writer and he was interested in learning more about the Mothman and the stories that were plaguing the area. He started working with a local reporter named Mary Heyer, who wrote a column for the local paper called Where the Waters Mingle. Mary was the primary source of information on the Mothman and the other strange events that were happening in the area. When John Keel arrived in Point Pleasant, he started to experience some rather odd events as well. Keel felt that his phone was tapped, that he was followed, and his mail was taken. Keel started to interview residents about what they were experiencing in the town and found many interesting yet troubling things were happening. So the first thing he found out was there was a teenage couple who were out one night sitting in their car, I'm sure, doing nothing but reading the Bible and praying, and that's what teenagers do in parked cars at night. They tell him that they were in the car, and all of a sudden outside their car was a big, bright blue ball of light. Here we go. Blue yeah, balls. Blue balls. Back at Skinwalker Ranch all over again. <laughs> and they said, we looked at it for what we thought was a couple of seconds. But when we looked back at the clock, hours had gone by. Whoa. So they experienced missing time. So aliens. Maybe. maybe. So we're going to get a little further down the road. And there's definitely a lot of alien type activity that starts to happen. Um, Keel said he was actually getting phone calls from... He wasn't sure who, uh, if it was people, if it was entities, he didn't quite know. He said at one point during one of these conversations, he told the thing on the other end of the line that he had lost his stopwatch and it told him 
whoever he was talking to told him where he could find it. Now, why would somebody engage in conversation with someone they don't know whose identity it is? I don't entirely know. It's a very strange... And I read his book many years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the details. But anyway, he said that this entity told him where to find the stopwatch. And when he looked there, that's where it was. Um, I don't know why these communications were happening between him and whoever it was and, and, you know... He also said that these entities would tell him when planes were going to crash and those planes would crash right on schedule, right when they told him it was going to happen. These yeah, planes would, would crash. So crazy. It was very creepy. Um, so Keel was told by many Point Pleasant residents that they too had experienced these strange phone calls. However, Carol, this part's great. When they sometimes when they would answer the phone, they would just hear loud screechy noises on the other end or loud beeps that would then change to static and disconnect. So clearly that they were getting phone calls from dial-up internet from the 1990s. Yeah. They didn't have AT&T, <laughs> that's for sure. No, that they would didn't. never happen with them. But the description of that is so funny because it sounds like dial-up internet. It totally does. Doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like your modem is turning yeah. like yeah. Yeah. So this activity would not just affect phones though, but also televisions and police radios. Mary Heyer, the uh, local journalist, she was also having some strange experiences. She had a very vivid dream that people were floating in a river surrounded by Christmas packages. She wasn't exactly sure what that meant, but she was starting to have some really strange dreams. Not only were sightings of the Mothman everywhere, but other crazy things were also happening all over town. On November 2nd, a man named Woodrow Daringberger was driving from Parksburg, West Virginia, which is about an hour away from Point Pleasant, when he says he looks up and he sees a UFO come and land on the road in front of him. And he's just, I'm, I'm assuming he's just out there by himself, but he sees this UFO land and there's an entity in the UFO and the UFO is telepathically communicating with him and he tells Woodrow that his name is Indrid Cold. Oh, okay. That's where Indrid Cold comes into play. As they were communicating, Indrid apparently gave Woodrow a big, creepy smile (laughs) before he floated away. Now, it would be very easy to discount Woodrow's story as you're just a crazy person, except for the fact that two other people confirmed that they also met Indrid Cold that night. Okay. And he also gave them a A very creepy creepy smile. smile. And now in alien lore, Indrid Cold is known as a smiling man. Ew. Yeah, isn't that creepy? Yes. So yeah, that's where Indrid Cold comes into play. So also on November 2nd in Galapagos, Ohio, six miles away from Point Pleasant, another woman saw a UFO land. And she said that two men got out of the UFO and came over and asked her some questions in a strange dialect. Oh, were they were they dressed in black? Well, that's men? also coming, oh, Carol. Oh. You're so psychic. You're oh. so psychic. Interesting. <laughs> so as time rolls into 1967, more and more UFO sightings are reported, as well as strange men in black who engage many residents of Point Pleasant claiming to work for the government. Okay, that is pretty creepy. I said that. And it then is really it's creepy. The next yeah, it's the next sentence. <laughs> really beat me to the punch there. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. The men dress in black suits. They wear black fedoras and they drive black sedans. Many people wonder if these men are even from this earth. They start to really creep the people out of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I have this whole new theory now. Okay. What is it? They're pissed off that they got stuck with these black sedans. <laughs> 
<laughs> when there's these hot motorcycles right? and hot rod cars. And UFOs. Like, they could be riding yeah. around in a UFO. They're like, why are we stuck with these stupid black sedans? Right. they got to fit in because they're probably aliens. They probably are. Probably are. <laughs> so as 1967 nearly comes to an end, there are more UFO sightings reported than Mothman sightings, even though they still see him sometimes in the area. However, all the strange sightings of the men in black, the UFOs, and Mothman were building up to a major and terrible event in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, that would prove Mary Heyer's dream was actually a dream come true. The day of December 15th, 1967, is a very hectic one in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. As it turns out, this is something I did not know. As it turns out, the stoplights in the town were not working properly that day, and it was backing up the traffic on the Silver Bridge that links Point Pleasant, West Virginia, to Canuga, Ohio. Yeah, I always thought it was just a winter storm that caused the traffic backup. No, apparently it was the traffic lights were not working correctly. So everybody is in town. They're all running around trying to get their Christmas shopping taken care of because yeah. it's a week before Christmas. As the day gets dimmer and dimmer, the town hears a tremendous crash. The Silver Bridge has snapped in two and crashed into the icy Ohio River below, taking with it at least 31 cars. 46 people did not make it out alive. Nine others were injured and two people were never even found. It was determined later that a structural defect caused the bridge to collapse, but many people think it was connected to all the sightings and weird events that had taken hold of the town over the last year. Once again, the people of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, have connected the Mothman to a tragedy that has befallen their town. And did they see the Mothman on the bridge? There's there's a picture that shows something sitting yeah. on a bridge at one point, but it's so far away you can't I just really didn't, tell. I just didn't know if that was even valid. I'm like, I can't really tell what that is. But yeah, they, they have connected him to being on the bridge. Um, but it is interesting that the traffic lights made it so there was a lot of traffic sitting on that bridge that day. Yeah, and that also ties in with them being able to have control over electronical exactly. electronics. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of weird. So, yeah. Or it could be, Carol, it's the Ohio River. Because let's face it, it flooded four times in the mm -hmm. past. It was always gunning for the people of this town. It probably colluded with the bridge and said, you know what? I want more blood on my hands. I want you to fall apart and bring me my victims. Whoa. I think it's so the Ohio River. river. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh. <laughs> there you go. It's the Ohio River, everybody. More research needed. Yes. Okay. So did that lady... Did she survive the one that had the dream? Is that yes, true? Yes. Okay, that yes, is that's a true, true part. That's a true story. And yeah, she was not on the bridge. So all in all, there were over 200 sightings of the Mothman between wow. 1966 and 1967 in that area. That is so many sightings. That's a lot of sightings. In 1970, Mary Heyer did pass away. Five years later, John Keel releases his book about the strange events of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, entitled The Mothman Prophecies. It becomes a bestseller, and eventually it is turned into a major motion picture in 2002 starring Richard Gere. Very scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Keel passed away in 2009. He never actually did get to see Mothman, oh. which is sad. 
Well, his book was better anyway. <laughs> I mean, it had a lot more detail. There's a lot of there's a lot of detail, and I thought to myself, well, I could go back and read that book, and I thought I'll never have enough time to read that before mm -hmm. I do this. So, you know, the Mothman story is just like Amityville or the Salem witch trials. It, there's so much information; it's hard to know what you should focus on and what you should leave out because it can go on forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just giving a very short handful of people who saw him. I know that there are people in the world that know the Mothman story backwards and forwards who mm -hmm. might have more information and if you do please shoot us an email or get a hold of us on instagram or twitter or facebook and let us know um if there's something important that i should go back and say that i missed or left out that would be fine yeah i think mm -hmm. the addition of the glowing red eyes is pretty interesting because yeah. in the earlier descriptions that wasn't a feature right yeah, I don't know when he got his red eyes. <laughs> I didn't read that part. So speculation that the Mothman was a Sandhill Crane or a weather balloon or a large owl or Batman have all largely been discounted. However, my theory is that the descriptions of the Mothman are kind of similar to the Golden Crowned Flying Fox. The Golden Crowned Flying Fox are large bats that live in the Philippines but they can get up to at least a six foot wingspan and their heads are similar to foxes. So I'm yeah, going to show that, you that theory I brought up with gargoyles too. Yeah. And, but the flying Fox don't look like a gargoyle head. Right. So this is a picture that, that someone has said that they got of Mothman. That is a picture of Mothman himself. Which one on the left? On the right of the computer. Oh, this one here. yeah. That's supposed to be Mothman. So, well, that's what they say. And then there's a picture of that is the, the bat thing. And look how big it is. And look how big it, it can, its wingspan can get here. But that's what he looks like when he's just hanging out. Yeah. I can see how that could possibly be. He doesn't look as big here. But there's another picture where they said they captured one, this one. They said they captured a giant one. You know, I've seen that picture. Have you? Yeah, where they've got him stretched on a pole. Yeah. I've seen that. I don't know. It may not be the same thing, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's big. Yeah, I don't think they have those birds in Virginia. But... No, I thought about that too. And I'm like, yeah. well, how would it have gotten to Virginia? And I thought, well, it's on a river. So maybe a boat in the Philippines mm -hmm. made its way up to all the way up to the Ohio River. And it happened to have one of these these bats on board. Well, I don't know. It might have hitched a ride on a wheel well of a plane too. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Mm-hmm. Cool. So um, anyway, that's my theory, but I'm almost done. In all, people do believe that seeing Mothman is a precursor to a tragic event. In fact, there were reported sightings of Mothman near Chernobyl just before the nuclear meltdown in Russia. Wow, I yeah. did not know that. Neither did I. So encounters with the Mothman in West Virginia are still reported to this day. The people of Point Pleasant have decided to make the Mothman legend work for them. So they hold a Mothman festival every September, which brings in tens of thousands of people and stimulates their local economy. You mentioned that a few episodes back. Yeah. So good for them. They have even erected a shiny silver statue in the middle of their town of Mothman himself. Yeah, I saw that statue and I kind of question it because it has holes in its wings. Maybe that's just a design choice. Yeah, I don't see how anything can fly with its wings all <laughs> torn up like that. I don't know. I don't know if that one in particular is meant to fly. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the artist is like, you know what? I'm going to give this motherfucker some holes in his wings. <laughs>
So there's this big ball blue. Coast to Coast AM had an article about Eastern Oregon cows being thal mutated again. Thanks for stepping all <gasps> over my story. Josh, take that out. Josh, no, take it out. Josh, take it out. I never said that. Actually, I never said that. I'm just joking. Oh, yeah. God damn it, Carol. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, I felt so bad. So don't get mad. And we actually pay for an account. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> or Holly does anyway. <laughs> I love you, George Norrie. Uh, yeah. I love you, George Don't Knapp. get mad. We're, we're paid accounts with you. Yeah. <laughs> great girl now the copyright police are on their way as the flames die down do remain undaunted though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode